Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. From John chapter number 7, all right? They don't have these upstairs, all right? So don't worry about them. But if you have a Bible, if you have a Bible, they're in there, all right? John chapter number 7, they are in there. I want to read verse number 1, and I'm just going to do a little skipping around here. The Bible says in verse number 1, After these things Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now, I want to skip down to uh, verse number 10. But when his brethren were gone up, and this was Jesus' family, they went, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. Then, verse 11, the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? Verse number 14, Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught he went up into the temple and taught. I'm going all the way to verse number uh, 33. Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while am I with you. And then I go unto him that sent me. Skipping down to verse 37. I know this is all over the place, isn't it? In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Amen. Uh, I just... Tonight, I just, and I may not hold you long, okay? Uh, and say, <laughs> famous last words, Pastor McGee. As a matter of fact, that seems to be the case. I started looking back through some podcasts and stuff today and looked at the minutes. And uh, let's just pray right now. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we come before you. We need you, oh Lord, today. God, let your spirit and your power, Lord, touch us afresh and anew. God, I pray, oh Lord, that you're able to help us, Lord, tonight. God, strengthen, Lord, our hearts and our minds. God, let something be said, Lord, that would be of some help to someone here this evening. I pray, oh Lord, tonight, God, that your will and your purpose would be done. God, we just lean upon you, Lord Jesus, today. God, we put our faith and our trust and our confidence in you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. And the church say amen. amen. You may be seated tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so, again, folks, I went through the same old hoops that I always go through for preparing for Wednesday night and uh, come away from there a little bit uh, different than what I would normally come away uh, from there as. Something I want to talk to us about this evening, or just a little concept or idea uh, to relay in my spirit, is that, that timing is important. All right? Timing is important. And the reason why I say that timing is important is because all throughout the Scripture, um, in the Old Testament, New Testament, what we see even in the life of Jesus Christ is that he doesn't just shoot by the hip. In the Old Testament, God didn't, through men of old prophets and such, in the New Testament, in the life of Jesus Christ, uh, he doesn't just shoot by the hip. For that matter, when we read the stories of Jesus in the gospel, he is very, very aware 
of, of the timing of things and when things are going to happen and when to do certain things in Scripture. Uh, for instance, just a for instance, you know, just the fact that whenever he rode uh, into Jerusalem on the donkey that we call the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, that corresponding with it being Lamb Selection Day for the Passover timing. So important that he's coming in on this particular day while the Jews are headed toward the fact of going to celebrate Passover and it's Lamb Selection Day, that day that they're going to select a lamb and they're going to keep it quarantined for a bit, isolated to make sure there's no flaw in it and that, that everything is kosher and that, that the hair is all going to be the same color. There's not going to come anything up. That Jesus comes riding in on the coat on, on that day of Lamb Selection Day. For us now looking at the whole group of Scripture Man, that's just mind-blowing. Almost as presenting himself then as this lamb to be selected. And then a few days later, uh, of course, then the crucifix of the Lord. And that also coinciding. Uh, you know, as other lambs were being slain among Jerusalem, outside of the gates was the Lamb of God strung high on a tree. You know, timing was so, so important. And so that's not just something that's good for Old Testament, New Testament. That is something even good, I believe, uh, as I was pondering on this a lot today, uh, for chapter number 7 of John in particular. Because whenever we think about how timing is so important, remember that first verse that we read, and we even did that a few weeks ago now, is that Jesus was remaining in Galilee. He was not going to Judea, which he had been to before. And I know it's been a long time we've been in John, and everybody's like, where are we even at? Uh, if you'll remember, in John chapter number 7 here, the whole background for John chapter number 7 is the other time that Jesus had been in Judea, and he had healed a man that had a disease for 38 years by the pool of Bethesda. And he makes this man whole, and uh, some of the tempers of the Jews are raised because not only did he heal this man, but he healed this man on the Sabbath day. And you were to do no work on the Sabbath, and so they counted Jesus healing this man on the Sabbath, that work was being done. And so whenever we consider all of this, along with the fact that Jesus spoke to them and said, well, you know, my father, my father does the work. You know, I'm just the one that carries the work out. And whenever he owned God as his father, then they thought that he was making himself equal of God. And the Bible says back there in John 5, when all of this was taking place then as a result of him doing this miracle on the Sabbath day and from what they could believe, him making himself equal to God, that they sought to kill him. And so Jesus remains around in the Galilee area because there's people, I mean, you know, there's wanted posters, so to speak, out for Jesus. Uh, they want to take his life. And so when we read in John chapter 7 and verse number 1 that he remained in Galilee, he did not walk in Jewry, or in other words, he didn't walk in Judea because there were people there that sought to kill him. However, we understand according to John chapter number 7 that all the episode here in John 7 has taken place around another festival. It is the Feast of Tabernacles. And as it was for the Jews concerning Tabernacles and Pentecost and, and Passover, we've talked about this in some, but you're okay with me being redundant, right? Since it's been since the beginning of December, since we've had a John thing. Um, since all this is another feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, it was... An obligation for the Jews, if they lived, males particularly, if they lived within 15 miles 
of Jerusalem that they should be at the feast. They should go there. They should be a part of it. And so we have Jesus here, uh, Galilee, not far from Jerusalem, mind you. And uh, here's the obligation of being at the feast. He knows people have wanted signs up, so to speak, to kill him. And yet it's an obligation of his to be there. And you'll remember maybe that we talked a little bit about uh, his own family, his brothers persuading him, hey, go up to the feast. Do one of those, you know, miracles or wonders that, you know, you're known to do. And you'll get a real good following if you do that. You go to the feast and do that. And you'll remember how he spoke to them. He says, no, nah. he says, because my time is not yet. My time is not yet. You guys go on and go. It doesn't matter about you. Uh, you're, you're basically a part of the world, acting like the world anyway. And so they, they're not going to have any, any sword, you know, against you. He says they will against me. So you all just go on up. And, but the Bible tells us, timing is everything. The Bible tells us that whenever his brethren went up, it doesn't say how long, but then he, in verse number 10, then he went up also unto the feast. But the Bible says he didn't go openly. He went secretly. And good thing, because verse 11 tells us that the Jews sought him at the feast. They understood this is, this is an obligation for him to be here, so where's he at? Some of them have murder in their heart. Where, where is he at? I want to know where he's at. And so then the Bible says in verse number 14, I do have a point, folks, God, before it's all said and done. Then in verse number 14, the Bible says, at about in the midst of the feast, or the middle of the feast, that Jesus went to the temple and he taught. Now just think of here for a moment. Number one, he's not going to go when his brothers say go because there's people seeking to kill him. Yet somewhere over a development of days, the feast was about seven days long, tabernacles, somewhere in the middle of the feast, not only is he there, but he goes to the temple and he stands before people and he teaches. Now listen here. If I'm wanted, I think the last thing I'm going to do is go to the temple and be like some scholarly teacher among the people. But Jesus did this. But his timing was important. For that matter, through this mode of teaching the people, he's right here in front of all of these people. And again, it's not just people that dwell at Jerusalem. There's people from all different areas that have come to convene at Jerusalem because of this feast. But they have come here, and there's some that's like, hey, verse number 25, you can read this. You know, that, that's, that's, that's Jesus up there. Is not he the one that, that they have sought to kill? Is not he the one that some of them seek to take the life of? And yet... Nothing happens to Jesus in this moment. No life is taken from him. We see a little later in verse number 30 that then there were some people that did. They sought to take him. But the Bible says no man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. And so my mind is being blown here. He's made himself known. He's taught among them. People are desiring to kill him, but no one's laying a finger on him. And so we go on just a little even further that after he's made mention of some of these things, people in the crowd, some are starting to think, you know what? Maybe this man is the Christ. Maybe this is the Messiah. Some were in disbelief. Some thought this man was a deceiver. But there were others that thought, you know, maybe this is, this is the Messiah. As a matter of fact, they go as far to say this, and maybe we'll look at this in other lessons. They go as far to say, if this man isn't the Christ, then when the Christ comes, How's he going to top the miracles and the teachings and everything else that this man has done? 
And so whenever a word like that starts going around, some of the chief rulers, you can read of this in like verse number 32, some of the chief rulers, the chief priests, and the, the Pharisees begin to say, they send the temple police after the Lord. This is what they do. They send the temple police after the Lord. And when it's all said and done, and then they have heard what Jesus said because he stands up again the last day of the feast. So he doesn't go at the very beginning. He shows up somewhere in the middle. He teaches and he stays till the last day where he could say, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and I will give him water, right? Uh, there will be, there will be uh, rivers of living water springing out of his belly. He says all of that so much so that when these temple priests go back to report to the Pharisees and to, to the chief priests, they're like, okay, where's the Lord? You're supposed to apprehend him. They said, we couldn't or we didn't because... No man ever spake like this man. And my mind is being blown here. All of these things that's going on, Jesus is talking, he's speaking. He even says in one place of Scripture, like verse number 33, 33, yet a little while and I am here with you. What is that? Jesus having a sense of his time, knowing his time, knowing his window of time and his element. So all of these things have taken place, and yet Jesus is never apprehended. So much so my, blind, my, my mind is totally blown at the very end at verse number 53, where the Bible says, and every man went into his own house, and we read verse 1 of chapter number 8 and Jesus went into the Mount of Olives they had sought to kill him people even while he was among them sought to do it but no man laid a hand on him some would have but no man laid a hand on him and yet Jesus pauses from going whenever his brethren want him to go he talks in the middle he talks again at the end and I say all this because Jesus knew that timing was greatly important and what I'm trying to convey here tonight is this, is knowing when to do something is just as equally important as knowing what to do. As knowing what to do. Sometimes we take for granted, uh, I think as humanity, that the moment that we know what to do, then that means implement what I know to do. And when we, if, we, if that is our practice in life, then we are going to find ourselves uh, lacking and failing in some regards. Because just knowing what to do is not the whole picture. Just because you know what to do doesn't necessarily mean in the moment implement what you know to do. You also need to know the timing of when it should be done. Noteworthy, whenever Jesus stood up and said, if any man thirst... It was during the time of the Feast of the Tabernacles when they would go down in, with a golden pot to the pool of Siloam and they would dip that, that, that pot in the water and bring up some water and they would make a procession back to Jerusalem. And when they got there, they would enter into the temple and they would pour the water out upon the altar. And there would be candles and candlesticks that were lit that was reminding them because Tabernacles was all about remembering. Tabernacles was all about remembering whenever they were released from Egyptian bondage how they had to make themselves booze or tabernacles uh, to, to, you know, travel through the wilderness journey, so to speak. And whenever they did, did tabernacles, it was remembering how God had delivered them. They had temporary dwellings. It was to recall to their mind from the candlesticks that, you know what, during the day a pillar of, a pillar of cloud by day but a pillar of fire by night that would lead us. And so when it comes to the pouring of the water, that was to remember 
remind them of the rock the Bible speaks of in the Old Testament that followed them all throughout their wilderness journeys, which the New Testament tells us that rock was Christ. And so Jesus doing this, standing before the people, making this plea, though people were seeking to kill him at this very moment is important because as the water's being poured out and they're remembering the rock, that Moses should have spoke to, but he smoked, but water came forth nonetheless. Now Jesus is standing up, God manifest in the flesh. And he's saying, if any man thirst, I know you're thinking about the rock that followed you in the wilderness, but if any man thirst, let him come unto me. Jesus could have stood up in the middle. He could have stood up at the very beginning and done all that. But timing is important. He knew all along what to do, but when to do it was just as important as what to do. I remember this from years ago. Some in this room will remember this. I'll keep uh, uh, the name anonymous. But some here, you know the name. All right? Uh, But nonetheless, this is several, several years ago. I'm a young man, all right? I'm going to tri-state camp back in the day, years and years ago. And uh, I will never forget, Pastor Clement was up, and he was giving uh, some type of, uh, of word or direction through our actual camp meeting service. He was doing this. And uh, there was a gentleman over on the front row. <laughs> Somebody already knows. And he, nonetheless, on the front row, and, and he just kind of hollered out to Brother Clement. He said, I love you, Brother Clement. I love you, Brother Clement. Now, folks, this is right in the middle of church. All right? But this individual said, I love you, Brother Clement. I'll never forget what Brother Clement said. He, he made mention of the individual's name, and he said so and so forth. He says uh, that, that right now is not the time for that. Now, having love for Brother Clement is a good thing. Having love for Pastor Clement was a right thing, a proper thing, right? <laughs> but the timing, the timing was incorrect. Uh, bless God, I love Brother Clement too. But the timing was incorrect. What are you saying, Brother McGee? Yeah, the feast was obligation. His family, Jesus' family, you know, says to go. But in Jesus' own life, he's like, no, not yet. Because the timing is not right. So you can be pointing on with what needs to be done. But you can be totally off concerning when it needs to be done. Most people, when we read, and we'll get to it eventually in John chapter number 11, right? The Bible speaks of the, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Right? The raising of the Lazarus from dead comes from that. And the Bible says that here's Jesus off with his disciples somewhere. And someone comes to him from Mary and Martha, who is Lazarus' sis- sisters, comes to Jesus and basically tells him, Hey, your friend Lazarus, he's, he's, he's dead. Right? He's dead. And the Bible says in in John 11, verse number 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, sick, he would die, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. That's the type of friends you want. Jesus knew what to do. He could have healed him before he was even dead. Right? Right? But the Bible says he abode two days, not because he had something very pressing. It's just like, I'm staying here for two more days. Because the timing of when he would go to the grave after Lazarus is not just sick but dead, he would go to the grave and raise him from the grave was vitally important. Oh, but he loved Mary. He loved Martha. He loved Lazarus. But he loved them enough to know this. Not only do I know what is good for you, 
but I know the timing and when it's needful for you. Amen. And so he waits and he shows up and the Bible begins to convey to us why perhaps that maybe he did this and always whatever Jesus did was so that the glory of the Lord, that all the glory would go unto God. You know, he didn't, he didn't, Jesus was not one that wanted glory for himself, but he wanted to give all the glory, you know, unto the Lord. And so sometimes, uh, I don't know about you, and we we try to teach this to uh, young married couples. My wife and I try to practice this, but timing is important. You know, whenever I come home from the church and I've been at church all day and and i've dealt with whatever i dealt with you know paper cuts and you know things like that and uh but nonetheless i deal with other stuff besides that but um whenever i've dealt with what i dealt with and she's dealt with what she's dealt with at work or 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 with the kids you know they, they i know you think they're angels but they're not uh, but nonetheless and she's dealt with what she's dealt with whenever i come through the doors of the house We've kind of made a little, you know, pact here that the first thing that both of us, especially if we haven't seen each other, the first thing that we do not do is start laying all of the problems that we face that day. You know, you know, if the washing machine broke, she don't have to let me know the first thing whenever I come in the door. You know, sometimes uh, it, it can happen that, you know, a spouse comes in and you start just telling them, oh, this, and, and the kids were like this, and this one did that, and then you just came in from work. You just had problems. You know, what, what are we saying? We're saying the time is just not good. Does those things need to be talked about? Absolutely. They need to be. But you've got to choose the proper timing for it to take place. And so in our own lives, I think it's important, again, to underscore the fact that timing is important. You may know right now what to do what your next step is, but the timing of your step is just as important as taking the step itself. Because Jesus and his timing in John chapter number 7, he is around everybody that wants to kill him, but, and even people sought it in the moment, but nobody laid a hand on him. I believe, oh, well, Brother McGee, that's God. Yes, that is God. But I also believe that is also attributed to Jesus in his timing. When he would go to the feast, when he would teach, when he would say, hey, come unto me if you're thirsty, I believe it all has to do likewise with the time of the Lord. When it's all said and done, nobody's laid a finger on him he goes to the mount of olives and they go home because he understands the importance of timing amen it's important you might say i know i know i need it i know i should find another job when should you find another job all of these things is important uh, I, I was thinking today uh, about jl in the book of judges judges four and judges five uh, some of you may be familiar with her some of you may not jl was a lady uh, and and uh, she was in her tent, and there was an enemy of Israel called Sisera that was in the area. They had just been in battle with the Israelites, and Sisera had all, Sisera had all of these chariots of iron, and, and uh, Israel seemed to be very victorious, but Sisera, the captain of the enemy host, jumped ship, started running. He's passing by the tent of J.L., asked if he could come in. She's like, yeah, come on in. Well, J.L. knows. Let's look at this. J.L. knows that Sisera is an enemy of Israel. J.L. and her husband Eber had had, had close relationship with Israel. They had been kind to one another at times. You know what J.L. knows? She knows that Sisera needs to be taken out of the picture. He needs to die. But again, timing is important. The way that J.L. finally took Sisera's life was with a tent peg and a mallet. She went in while he was resting, and boom! 
put the tent peg through his temple and fastened his head to the floor. Now listen to me. Timing is everything. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because if the moment when Sisera entered the tent, she went and got the tent peg, right? I'm just saying. She went and got the tent peg and the mallet. I mean, that's a little suspicious, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just really trying to be a little practical tonight. You know, well, what's that for? You know, the tent's already up. What's that about? No. Timing. She knew the moment, the invitation of him coming in the tent. She knew what needed to be done. They had been fighting that battle. She knew what needed to be done, but timing was everything. The Bible says that he asked uh, for something to drink. She brought him milk. The Bible says that she brought him butter in the Lordy dish. <laughs> I, King James sometimes is so just brilliant. You know, you know, imagine bringing this big dish of butter you know, to Cicero. He's been fighting battle, you know, and she makes him comfortable. She makes him comfortable. She covers him, the Bible says, with a mantle. What is he doing? He's getting comfortable. What is she doing? Picking her timing. Mm -hmm. And so whenever he's there all comfortable and his belly is full of butter and milk, I guess that's buttermilk, isn't it? <laughs> whenever his tummy's full of buttermilk, she walks in there, she has the tent peg and the hammer, and she knew how to use those because women is the ones that put up tent. Smack right through the temple to the ground. Boom, success. She knew what to do all alone, but because she waited for the appropriate time. See, I don't know why God has, has, has done this to me today, but in my spirit, I feel like maybe there's some things that people know to do, and you can be in two directions. You can either be ahead of when it should be done, or you can be behind of when it should be done. There is a proper time. The Bible states these words in uh, Revelation chapter number 6. Amen. Service is over. We can all go have some buttermilk. Revelation chapter number 6 and verse number 13. And uh, let me turn there myself. And I don't know, can you guys get that for me? I don't know if you will. Or if you don't have to if you don't want to. There it is. Thank you. And this is the book of Revelation, but there's a phrase in here that, that is important. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth even as a fig tree casteth her untimely. Everybody say untimely. Untimely figs. Go to the next sentence. <laughs> untimely figs. When she is shaken of a mighty wind. When she is shaken of a mighty wind. And so the fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. Here's the, here's the issue. Untimely figs untimely figs the figs that were cast off were in all regards figs like any other fig but the timing of them being cast from the tree or separated from the tree was premature the word untimely actually means unripe it was premature they were a fig absolutely but the timing wasn't quite right now watch this very closely it cast forth its untimely figs when she was shaken of a mighty wind. Please hear me right now. If there is ever a time when you might get your timing wrong and you know what you need to be doing, but you get your timing wrong, it'll be when the wind in your own personal life is blowing. We get impatient when the wind's blowing. 
impatient when the wind's blowing. And if we're not careful, it'll cause us to operate, go forward, function, mistimed. All right? And so we don't want any untimely figs. Is what you're doing maybe needs to be done, ought to be done? Yes, but not right now. Mm -hmm. Because impatience can give birth to some things. Hear me right now. Brother Trout, God promised Abraham an heir. He promised him an offspring. In Genesis chapter number 12, he promised him, Sister Jen Adams, offspring. Amen. Even told him how his descendants were going to be many. And, and Abram's thinking to himself, you know, I have, my, I have my oldest servant, Eleazar. You know, how is this all going to come to pass? Because, you know, I don't, I don't even have seed, Lord. Eldest servant is the best that I got in my household. The Lord's like, don't worry about that. Your seed is going to be many. Made a promise to him that he's going to have seed, right? So Abraham knows what's right. For that matter, he even knows what to do. You know, I'm somewhere I'm going to have intimacy with my wife. There's going to be a child born. I know what to do, right? Timing was everything. But because he became impatient with the timing of God, his wife was barren. She couldn't have seed. Impatient with the timing of God. You know what that meant? Whenever Sarah said, Abraham, here's my handmaiden Hagar. Go into Hagar and rear a seed. He knew what he needed to do. But the timing of everything was wrong. And since he was impatient, impatient with God's timing, he went into Hagar. He had a child. It's like, boom, there we go. We got it. No. Because what was produced from his, their impatience, listen, what was produced from their impatience was Ishmael. And Ishmael is the boy that once the promised seed is born, the one that God was talking about, Whenever Isaac is born, the Bible says that Abraham and Sarah notice that Ishmael was mocking Isaac. What? What, what, what? That which was birthed from their impatience was making a mockery of what God had promised to them. So we got to be very careful about being impatient with the right time. Though... Because it could produce something in our life. Hear me. That may mock the very promise God's wanting to give you. Amen. And folks, listen. We, we could go fast forward. You know, when we talk about Ishmael, the line of Ishmael goes all the way to the Arabs and the Palestinians still yet today. And then through Isaac you have the Jews. What do you see in Israel all the time still yet today? This constant animosity between the Jewish people and the Arabs or the Palestinians always competing for ground and, and, and warfare and, and all of these. Why? That was something that was birthed all the way back in the book of Genesis because somebody was impatient with some timing. You do not want... You do not want something lurking in the shadows like that in your own life because you were too quick or you were too slow. You want to be in step with the divine will of the Lord. We don't know sometimes all the implications that are in there. See, you, you, can, do, you can do the right thing the wrong way, but you can also do the right thing at the wrong time. Doing the right thing the wrong way is like David, okay? David is going to get the Ark of the Covenant in 2 Samuel chapter number 6. 
He's going to get the Ark of the Covenant and he's going to bring it back to Jerusalem. It's been separated from there for some time. This is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Go get the Ark. Get it back to Jerusalem. Let's do this. And so he goes, gets the Ark. And what does the Bible says? He has the Ark placed on what? Boom, we got some Bible readers here. He places the ark on a cart. And there's Ohio and Uzzah and they're driving the cart and they come to a threshing floor. The Bible says it shakes. Uzzah puts out his hand, touches the ark of the covenant and we got a dead man on our hands. You know, we're bringing back the, we're bringing back the presence of the Lord and now we got a murder case. All right? And so everything stops right there. Everything stops. What was going on? David was, had the right idea. Let's get the presence of God back to Jerusalem. But he was going about it the wrong way. Hmm. That presence was to be upon the shoulders of the priests. They were to carry that. And there was supposed to be festivity and sacrifices. And David gets it right when he goes back the second time to do it. But the, the idea is this. You can be doing the right thing the wrong way. But you can also, as we've mentioned, be doing the right thing at the wrong time. Now, I don't know. I don't know the full uh, of everything of the scripture of John chapter number 7. But with good reason, Jesus paused from going when his brethren went. For that matter, they wanted him to do another miracle and get some attention. They might have, if they all went together, been like, yeah, here he is, Jesus, you know, the great miracle worker, blah, blah, blah. You know, Jesus paused and went after them. Jesus stood up, yes, and made himself known. Timing is everything. On one hand, he enters the festival, not openly, but secretly. And then about midway, he shows himself up as a teacher. And we're like, well, Jesus, you're contradicting yourself. I don't look at it as that. I look at it as though he knew his time. He knew his time, and he knew when he would have the most impact upon those he were trying to persuade toward the things of the Lord. Amen. Stay with me here tonight. Timing is important. We, in the Old Testament, there's a common phrase. It's the appointed time or the time appointed all the way even back then. And we see this carry over into the New Testament in Jesus' own life. Timing is important. And so if there's ever an attribute that I believe that we need more than ever to, to adopt of the Lord's is that is knowing the timing in our lives. I'm going, to, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. But, but, but is the timing correct? Is the timing, is the timing right? I, I know I should do this, and that's great, but is the, is the timing right? Timing is so important. If we embow our heads here this evening, don't, we don't want to be casting forth any untimely figs. Lord Jesus, right now, God, I come before you. If you can lift your voice, if you want to pray. I pray, oh Lord, today, God, for some reason and some purpose, God, this is a total different venue, Lord, than what I would normally want to do on a Wednesday night. But God, I pray, oh Lord, I followed Lord Jesus, God, what I felt the prompting of in my spirit. God, and I don't know, Lord, if it's been of any benefit to somebody, Lord, or if it's helped somebody here in this house or beyond here. But God, I pray, oh Lord, I know your timing, Lord, is impeccable. I pray, oh God, today, Lord, help us, God, not just to know what to do, Lord God, but when. We must know our what and our when. I pray, oh Lord, 
Lord, there must be a continuity, Lord, one between the other. God, there may be people, Lord, sitting here right now tonight, God, that maybe they know their next move and they feel as though they just need to go on and make that next move. I pray, oh Lord, today, help them, oh God, to check their spirit and the spirit of the Almighty God to know what the proper timing is for that. It might be right, but it might not be right now. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you're able to help them. Lord, encourage them, strengthen them. I pray, oh Lord, by your spirit. God, we want to be successful on this journey. God, when it was all said and done, everybody went to their own house and you went to the Mount of Olives because you were sensitive and conscious, Lord, of your time, of the what and the when of your life. Help us, God, to be conscious of the what and the winds of our own life. God, I don't want to be impatient, Lord, with what you put in my, my timeline. I don't want to be impatient with that. Let something be birthed in me, Lord, that, that will be, Lord, a conflict, Lord, to the promise that you really want to establish in my life, what you really want to establish in my path and my ways. I pray, oh God, this evening, oh Lord Jesus, help us to be patient, Lord. Help us to wait upon the Lord, to put our trust and confidence in God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray, God, you're able to help us and aid us, Lord, in this way and fashion, and will not fail to thank you for it. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.